It's saying, God, even though I do not yet see the fulfillment, I will live as if I already have the fulfillment. Because in Christ I do. See, for Joshua, the Lord says, I have given it into your hands. Even though nothing's gone on yet. And God wants us to live with that type of a settled faith in who he is. Even before the Israelites had any battles, God told Joshua that Jericho was theirs. God had given the city into their hands. He wanted them to have faith and trust what they hadn't seen yet. Today, Pastor Daniel explains that God wants the same for you. You can walk with hopeful expectation and confidence that God will do the things that he said he would. You can believe that his word will come to pass. This is the kind of faith that pleases the Lord. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Joshua chapter 6 as he begins his message, Jericho Has Fallen. All right, let's open up in our Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 as we continue our study today through the book of Joshua. I've entitled this message in Joshua chapter 6, Jericho Has Fallen. So if you're like me and you like movies, I love all these dramas that involve espionage and all this stuff. So how many of you guys saw Olympus Has Fallen? If you guys if you don't know the movie, it's got Gerard Butler. He's like kind of a, he's cute, yes, but he's like a washed out Secret Service officer and someone takes down the White House, but he's the only guy in there. He's like John Rambo, except he's not Rambo. If you don't know who Rambo is, it's because you're too young, you know? And it's called Olympus Has Fallen. And then they had the follow-up called London Has Fallen. If you're ever bored, you can watch those movies. Not because I recommended them. If you're bored, don't be bored. You know what they say about people who are bored? It's because they're boring. So that's nothing... (laughs) Joshua chapter 6, as we continue our study through the book of Joshua, this is a classic chapter. This is a famous chapter because this is the first actual physical battle that the children of Israel have to fight now that they're in the promised land. Jericho is the first city that they come upon. And really, Jericho in that culture would have been considered a city that was impregnable. It can't be defeated. I mean, you have to think for the children of Israel, they had been slaves and then they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and they cross over and God orchestrates all these things for the Jordan River to part so they can cross on over. But they're not a finely tuned military machine, are they? It's like they don't have battering rams. They don't have all this strategy. They're just this ragtag group of people and they're going up against this walled city. And this walled city has never been defeated before. And so this is one of those classic long shot moments. And we talk about this a lot as we study the scriptures together, but it always is important for us to remember the fact that God loves long shots. God loves odds that we would never choose. God loves to work in ways in each one of our lives. And especially in the big things, he loves to take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the reason God does that is that everyone would know God did this. 
That's why God does these type of things. See, because God takes these situations that don't make a lot of sense, and then he says, well, this is how I want to get at that thing. And if you think about it, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But then when God does something amazing, and everyone's like, wow, that was amazing. That was miraculous. God must be on the move. And everyone's like, yeah, and and that's exactly what God wants. And this account of how Jericho is going to be defeated is one of those great and crazy plans. So you want to check it out? Check it out. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 says this. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Verse 3, you shall march around the city, all you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And... Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, And the people shall go up every man straight before him. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. Now, am I the only one who realizes that this plan makes no sense? They're just trying to imagine this. Okay, now don't forget, Joshua was a great warrior. Do you remember the story about how Joshua, he was battling the Amalekites, right? And Moses was on the mountain. And as long as Moses' hands were raised, Joshua was doing well and battling strongly. And right as Moses' arms started to fall on down, then all of a sudden Joshua started to be defeated in the battle. Remember, there's that story how Aaron and Hur, Hur was the guy's name, you know, H-U-R, and they had Moses sit down and they held his arms up so that the children of Israel could win the battle. Do you guys remember that story? So Joshua was a trained captain. He knew how to do military. But now all of a sudden he comes with this crazy plan. You guys got how crazy the plan is, right? So this is God's crazy plan to defeat the walled city. Now we learned first that Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. So Jericho is this great walled city and no one's going out and no one's coming in. Why? They know that the children of Israel are coming and so they locked the city up. They have all of the provisions inside the city walls, right? And so what they do is no one's allowed to go out and no one's allowed to come in to keep the city secure. And as long as the city gates are locked, as long as nobody opens a door... The enemy stays on the outside and everyone's safe on the inside, right? But what the plan is, the Lord's plan is that this is what I want you to do. First he says, see in verse two, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now, do you notice the verb tense here? Now I know most of us when we read, we don't say, oh, notice the verb tense here, (laughs) you know? But the verb tense is very important because notice it doesn't say, see, I will give Jericho into your hand. In the future, it says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. They call this in the Hebrew language the prophetic perfect tense. What it is, it's the statement is 
Although this hasn't happened yet, it's as if it already has. So something hasn't taken place, but in the case, in the verb, it's as if it already did. And in a lot of ways, that's what I love about the word of God, because you can take the whole of the word of God as in the prophetic perfect tense, where even though certain things haven't happened yet, you can trust them as if they already have. Isn't that what faith is? Faith is the evidence of substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, for without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, faith pleases God because it's saying, God, even though I do not yet see the fulfillment, I will live as if I already have the fulfillment. Because in Christ I do. See, for Joshua, the Lord says, I have given it into your hands, even though nothing's gone on yet. And God wants us to live with that type of a settled faith in who he is. Now, the plan is this. You should march around the city one time every day for six days, right? Now, not only that, so... You do this, and then there should be seven priests, and they each have these seven trumpets of ram's horns, right? And so this is the shofar, and they go before the ark. Now, on the seventh day, it says you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest should blow the trumpets, right? And when they have the long blast of the trumpet, then all the people are supposed to shout with a great shout, and then the walls are going to fall down flat. Now, imagine you're one of the men in the army. And Joshua's like, and was like okay, you know, they're, they're outside Jericho. Okay, so Captain Joshua, what's the plan? Joshua said, okay, I got the plan. You ready? This is what we're going to do. We're going to march around the city. And you can imagine, be like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to scope it out, do some recognizance work. You know, check it out, look for weaknesses, maybe. How do we get in there? He's like, okay. So then what do we do? You know, the next day, we're going to march around it again. And they're like, oh, this is very, very good. Because we're, we're not going to do like bad recognizant work. We're going to be very specific. We're going to make sure that we really know where all the weaknesses are. That's good. We're going to be very thorough in our investigation. So then what do we do? On the third day, we're going to march around it again. And you got to figure that by the third day, these guys are like, okay, so... Like we've already marched around this thing twice. Now, it is important to mention that Jericho and ancient city are not as big as our contemporary cities, right? So most likely marching around the city of Jericho would probably have only taken about an hour. We have this tendency, we think of a city, we think of like New York or LA or what, you know, what, Portland. Imagine walking around the city of Portland. That's right, it'd take us like six weeks, you know what I mean? Especially if we have to stop and drink coffee every five seconds, you know? And you guys know how this goes, you know? So it would have probably only taken about an hour. The cities were very small. If you've ever been to the Middle East, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you can walk around the whole of Jerusalem, even as it's expanded over many centuries. You know, you can walk around the entire city. It won't take you all that long. And so it would probably only have taken them an hour. And so they do this for six days. And they're like, okay, good. And on the seventh days, we're going to walk around it seven times. And you can imagine at this point being like, okay. And then, okay, this is what we're going to do. Then the priests, they're going to blow their horns, and everyone's going to shout, and the walls are going to fall down. How many of you guys are feeling good about that plan? How many of you guys are like, yeah, I'm happy I'm in this army? Does anybody else think that's an absurd plan? Everyone raise your hand. That's a crazy plan. 
Because I don't know about you. Listen, I'm a musician. I grew up playing music. I've been playing music my whole life. I played a lot of jazz. I've listened to a lot of trumpet players. I've never heard a trumpet player who can make walls fall down. I love me some Miles Davis, some Freddie Hubbard, Lee Morgan. Contemporary guys like Dave Douglas, Wynton Marsalis. There's lots of great trumpet players. None of them are going to knock the walls down, no matter how good they are. So what kind of a plan is this? What this is, is this is what you call a cray-cray plan. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It, like, the whole thing makes no sense, right? And then you got to love Joshua. And I love this, because look at what, in verse 6 it says, Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. See, what I love about this is Joshua realizes that this plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He has military experience, but what does he do? He tells them to do exactly what the Lord says. And my friends, that is the greatest wisdom. The greatest wisdom is learning not to trust in your own ideas, not to trust in your own experience, but to trust in God and the God of the Bible. That's wisdom. And I realize that for most of us, we live in a day and age where everybody thinks that Jesus is important, but nobody thinks that Jesus is very smart. Because what we do is we say, he's the Lord, he's the Savior. Jesus is the person who, who died for the sins of the world. But when it comes to how should I live my life, Jesus isn't the smartest guy to look at. I got to look at the business books. And I got to look at this thing. I got to look at that thing. I got to see what my therapist tells me and all this stuff. And I don't follow what Jesus says. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you guys know, I'm not against reading business books. I like them. I'm not against going to therapy. Look, I'm as crazy as the next person. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody who isn't, part of your family or friends, and they tell you some advice. This is not a bad thing. But the thing is, is you hold all that stuff in the hand of variable information, and you hold the Bible in the hand of strength. You say, what does the word of God say? And we honor God. And I realize that God's plans are crazy a lot of times. They don't make sense. They don't line up with even contemporary notions of common sense. But of course, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I mean, like, I didn't grow up going to church, so I didn't learn that in Sunday school. But if you grew up going to church, you, that was a Sunday school memory verse. But do we even do that? Do we trust in him with all of our hearts? It doesn't say trust in the Lord with some of your heart, with all of your heart. A full and complete trust. And then I love it, lean not on your own understanding. Don't put any weight on what you understand on your own. You're all your wisdom, all the days that you live, all the experiences you have, don't lean on that as something that could be weight-bearing in your decision-making. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. In everything you do, you do all things for the glory of God. And it says, and he will direct your steps. In some ways, I just want to say, in Jesus' name, amen. And we shut the Bible and we leave today. Because if we just get that, we have everything. Because no matter what the situation you're in, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all my ways, I need to acknowledge the Lord and he will direct my steps. That's all you need to know. 
And Joshua, with all of his vast military experience, gets this crazy plan from God. And he goes, okay, here's what we're doing. He was not afraid to be seen a fool by people who know that he knows better because this is God's plan. See, the battle strategy is the most unreasonable one possible. But what you realize, and what Joshua understood, is that this is not a military strategy. This is a religious ritual that he's going to. He realizes that the victor is not the one who is the smartest. The victor is the one whose leader is the strongest. And Joshua already learned that he wasn't the leader. If you remember the end of Joshua chapter 5, when the commander of the Lord's army came to him, he says, Joshua said, are you for us? Are you for our enemies? And the guy's like, no. As the commander of the Lord's army, that's why I'm here. And he said, and Joshua just falls on down. My pastor, John Henry Corkin, used to always say, you and Jesus in a crowd is a majority. But most of us don't believe that. We know it, but we don't believe it. What does it look like for you to actually believe that Jesus and you in a crowd is a majority? That when Jesus has you somewhere, no matter what the odds are, you are already on the right side. When we get that, everything changes because now no longer are we swayed by things that seem to make no sense in the Bible but are actually right on. It's amazing. When I first started walking with Jesus, I had someone say to me, you know, your faith is naive and as you walk with Jesus long enough, you'll realize how naive your beliefs are. But what's funny is now I'm 20 years down the road following Jesus and my faith is still naive and God's word is still true. You know what I mean? It's like, you want to know how to live? Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Treat the people you want to be treated. You look at any situation, you say, well, how would I want to be treated in that situation if I'm this person? I want to be treated this way. That's why you should treat them. It's like in a marriage, a couple struggling. It's like, well, okay, so husband, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Wife, are you submitting to your husband as under the Lord? No, we'll start there and end there. You know, people come in. As you talk to people, I'm really struggling right now. Can I come talk to you? I'm like, well, you reading your Bible? No. Are you praying? No. Well, what am I going to tell you? If you ain't talking to the wisest person who ever lived, who died on the cross for your sins, what do I got for you? Like, what kind of wisdom I got for you? Like, if you're not going to the book, I mean, like, like, what do I got for you? I'm like, go read the book. But you know what's funny? I actually have a friend as a pastor, when he has that question, and he says, well, you reading the Bible? Are you praying? No, no. Well, why don't you do it every day for a week? And if you still need to see me, then you can call me at the end of the week. And I'm like, has anyone ever called you? He's like, nope. (laughs) It's like the best counseling scenario ever. But seriously, right now, there's some of you right now, you're like, I just need to talk to a pastor. It's like, no, go talk to the good shepherd. He's talked to you through the word. See, all these things, it's simple and it's pithy, but it's so solid, right? It's like we're starting this new series. I'm so excited about it. Upward, inward, and outward. It's gonna be so much fun. You know why I'm excited about this? Because Jesus is the greatest person who ever lived. When they ask you, what's the greatest thing that you need to know? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm like, well, that sounds like some solid wisdom, right? 
So what I realized is that, you know, loving God and then because of God's love, then you love yourself in a healthy way and then you love other people. Like that pretty much sums up what life looks like, isn't it? Everything in life is upward, inward, and outward. Every situation. How am I doing loving God? Because loving God, I'm preaching my Sunday sermon. I'm going to stop. <laughs> but I say this because it's like, this is the simple stuff, Right? Like when you don't know what's going on, you think of Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are the called according to his purpose. So when something crazy goes on and you're like, do I believe in Jesus? Yes. So that means I'm called according to his purpose. That means I love him. Even though sometimes my love's a little funky, God's love is never funky, so we're good. So that means that this is actually going to work together for good, even though I can't fathom how. So when you believe, when you grab hold of that, then all of a sudden you look out and you're like, okay, so God, I don't get any of this, but I know you're going to work this together for good, so I'm going to trust you. And then what happens is that you trust him and then God does something amazing, and then he does something amazing, you're like, wow, God's so trustworthy. And he's like, uh, duh, you know? But that's what happens. So in some ways, what we learn here is that Joshua is smart enough to be simple enough to simply do what the Lord says. And in some ways, if all of us could grab hold of this simple reality, you don't need to learn new things. You need to remember the things you already know. And you need to say, I'm actually going to put legs, feet on the realities of these things that I know. Like, and even like right now, you're like, wow, I wish I knew that stuff. I just gave you guys four Bible verses. Right? I gave you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I gave you Romans 8, 28. I gave you Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, which is we call the golden rule. Right? And then I gave you the greatest commandment, which is in Matthew 22 and a couple other places in, in the Gospels. Just memorize those four and then drive them like you stole them every day. Just live your life on those four. And then once you memorize those four and you get really comfortable living that way, then add two more to it. Like, be still and know that I'm God, Psalm 3410. You know what I mean? Just add that one in there. Like, okay, I'm going to be still and know that he's God. And you just build, and it's so simplistic, but it is the deep things of God because Joshua, in all of his wisdom, Joshua realizes God doesn't want me to have a brilliant military strategy. He's already got this thing covered. Because he told me, even though we haven't conquered Jericho yet, he told me, it's already done. It's finished. I've already got it. Now look what happens in verse 8. It says, so it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, and then you will shout. I just hear tears for fears in my head. Shout, shout, let it all out. All you kids of the 80s know exactly what I'm talking about. Sorry. That's not in your Bible. That's just the voices in my head talking to me. Joshua figured it out, didn't he? He was smart enough to know that he should do what the Lord had already told him. God had told him that the city would be theirs. So Joshua didn't worry about what was going to happen. He just focused on what he already knew to do. What about you? Are you struggling in your walk with the Lord? 
Pastor Daniel encouraged you to go back to the source, read the word, spend time talking to God, practice the things he's already told you to do. You'll be amazed by what God does when you lean in. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will get into what happens after the city of Jericho falls. God gave the Israelites specific instructions about what to do with the spoils of war, as well as the people and animals that lived in the city. You'll unpack these hard commands and how to think through them. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Conquest. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.